All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Double B Creates. It's me and Brad, and we're here with Tractor Baptist. Um, he's a power lifter out of PSM uh, Barbell. Uh, it's a gym in Roy, Utah. Um, Tractor, why don't you introduce yourself for a little bit for our guests? Yeah, so I'm Tractor. Uh, I've had that nickname for, geez, almost two decades now. Um, I trained at PSM Barbell in Roy under the tutelage of Jason Gibson, who was one of the first guys in Utah to spot over a thousand. Um, at one point in time, he had the biggest total and the biggest full power bench press, um, in Utah. So, you know, I come from, you know, a pretty tough gym. Um, yeah, do barbecue on the weekends. And then I, uh, actually sell, uh, insurance is my day job. So it, face-to-face -face meetings are a little interesting with people. So yeah. Let's <laughs> actually go Jack. Like we've never talked about that. Like how those face-to-face -face meetings go. Like I can imagine like on the phone, they're probably thinking, okay, this guy's like six foot, six foot two. He sounds a little bit broad in the shoulders. Then, I mean, you walk in and you're, you're a bigger fella and, and you walk in and just, I can imagine that the, it's like, eyes <laughs> yeah no uh, you know i'm not small I, I walk around at at six foot and about 490 pounds so you know those conversations on the phone or my my wife likes to call it my uh my sales phone voice right and then uh when people see me in person they're right they kind of do that you know big dish eye thing and well oh, okay um I thought I was going to tell you no today, but how can, how can I give you my money? So <laughs> like Ronnie Coleman would get out of the cop car. You whole big person. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, I, you know what? I'm arrested. Just take me. I, I didn't even do it, but I'm going to admit to it because you're Ronnie Coleman and you're huge and I don't want to get hurt. So has yeah. anyone like in those meetings, like when you walk in to those meetings, has anyone just been like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I pegged you right. Has anyone paid like, giving you the, I pegged you right look to be like, all right, yeah, okay. You know, it was funny, right? Like when I was working in the call center environment and I was working with, you know, uh, like VPs and C-level executives, stuff like that, right? Like word had got around to our partners about my size. And so we would have like audio conferences and stuff like that. And then we'd like fly out and meet them. And they were like, yeah, you're every bit what I heard you were. Well, well, thanks. Great. Glad they didn't lie to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I i i mean i get that where i work i mean all of us all of us on this chat have our current powerlifters or former powerlifters and so we all know that like that mystique and mysticism of oh he's a powerlifter and he like walks around like contains a lot of space walking in and so um not to the extent that you do but i've had people at work that like billy you take up the whole like doorway when you walk through and it's like my bad like Right. Like, I'm sorry that you have small doorways, right? It's not my fault. <laughs> so you built regulations, for a standard so you know. five foot nine guy. Right. That's 165 pounds. Yeah. Sorry. Three times that <laughs> yeah. size. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. The stall, the stall situation in the bathroom is never a fun situation. You just... Yeah. No, I'm, I'm a home bowler for that reason. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you don't go into the handicap stall for that power squeeze. You know, you have to sometimes, right? If you're forced in position, but you know what though? It's like, I've been fortunate to, you know, my, my new office here is, uh, is only about five minutes from my house. So it's like, uh, I'll catch on about 20, 30 minutes. So I'll, <laughs> I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> that has to be a lot. That has 
must be really nice actually to run home, take a squat, and be like, oh, I can just leave the door open. You let her right. You Plus, you let the dogs out, right? So the dogs aren't in the kennel all day, right? So you got to go home with the dogs out a little bit. So, you know, they like it too when I have an emergency I got to run home for. <laughs> Spectacular. Oh, we've never talked about that. As anybody who's watching this podcast can tell, all three of us are friends and we've been friends for a little bit. So <laughs> it's going to be great. Um, so, Tractor, tell me how you like, ultimately, we're going to end up in powerlifting. We're going to talk about powerlifting, but you've also had like a professional football career where you played a little bit of arena league. Like, yeah. Like, like how, yeah. So, how did you get into that? So I didn't really have a lot of interest uh, from like colleges or the next level coming out of high school. And there's a rec football league out here called the Rocky Mountain football league. And I was kind of blessed to play, you know, a season and a half for a team that was kind of a hodgepodge put together team. Um, and then the number one team in that league was going out of Vegas to play in the far West regional championship. And they called and said, Hey, we need an extra lineman to go down. Do you want to go? Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, a lot of the guys that were on that squad were, you know, ex NFL, ex D one athletes. So I'm like, absolutely. You know, I'd love to play with that kind of caliber and uh, went down, didn't see a, a sniff of playing time till like the last three minutes of the game when we were already up by 40. So, you know, but I, it earned me a spot, right? I had enough. I played well enough in those three minutes that, you know, they, they brought me back the next year. And then I played eight seasons with them and they were called the Ogden Rhino Raiders. And we went 82 and two in eight years. Then uh, a, a guy had started a rec league down in Salt Lake for indoor. And this was kind of a new thing. And so we're like, yeah, cool, whatever. A bunch of us threw together a team and we went and played and played in a few back-to-back championships there. And then the, uh, the professional arena league, not uh, arena one, but arena two, um, a team in Casper, Wyoming called the Calvary, which is a team I ended up playing for later, um, needed a team for their 4th of July game to play because the team that they were supposed to play forfeited. And if you've ever been to Casper when they had football, the 4th of July game shut down the town, no. right? Like it shut down the town. Okay. Like it, it they almost filled the stadium with like 10,000 people, like 6,000 to 10,000 people, right? Like Did it was nuts. You couldn't hear yourself think. Like, well, there's like, there's three towns in Casper, right? Cause it's like Mills, Evansville and, and Casper all together. Right. Okay, so okay. yeah, but yeah, there's not that many people up there. Right. But it literally shuts down the town. And then after the game, everybody sits out on the lawn at the event center and they light off fireworks, like the big fireworks displays for the cities. Right. So yeah, we got up there and we played against the Calvary and we got beat like 103 to six, like, it was the worst butt kicking I have ever had in my professional career. Right. So that head coach was like, Hey, yeah, let's, let's have you up here. You know, I'm losing my center and you know, you did well against a Pac-10 All-American. Uh, he was a what? Okay. He's back to All-American. Oh, Oh, nice to know. Yeah. I was a high school kid that sucked. So great. Good to know that I can hold my own now. So I played three years there with them. And then I, uh, I played in two national championships and was voted an all-star. So, nice. um, yeah, so I played four years in the Arena 2 Leagues, and that was a blast, and then came back into Utah and um, played two more years with the uh, the Utah Stealth in the Rocky Mountain Football League again, and then won two more championships with them, and then finally just said, you know what, I'm getting older and fatter, and my body doesn't heal like it used to, so I'm going to go lift weights and see what happens there. And so about a year after I left football, I got back into powerlifting, and, you know, the rest has kind of been history, so. There you go. There you go. Was it was it an easy transition from football to powerlifting, or did it? Take well, yeah, because I mean, 
you'd always lift, you know, like our, our schedule was pretty easy, right? In Casper. So when I lived there, it was, um, you know, you wake up at noon with a maid knocks on your door to clean your hotel room and you would go to your food sponsor and get lunch breakfast at that point. Right. Cause it's noon. You hadn't eaten anything. Right. And you go to the office and you play video games until six because practice is at six 30 practice till eight, go lift for another hour and then go have dinner and then go back to the office, and play video games till two in the morning and then go back to the hotel. Right. I mean, it was a rough life, but you know, somebody had to live it. I'm not as bad. So <laughs> Man, I never heard you tell me your rough life in power. In, in oh yeah. It, it sucked. Right. Like it was like, Oh, the maid knocked on the door and then she would go clean the next room over. And then I would get up and jump in the shower, straighten everything up and then take off and then she'd come in and clean our room. So it was a rough life for a year. And then, uh, I had a coach that lived down here. And so we both had just work out down here the last three seasons that I was with him. And so I didn't live in Casper. I was here working. Um, and I'd just drive up for the weekends and they'd fly me out of Salt Lake and I'd go play football on Saturdays. And so it was a blast. I mean, it was a dream gig, right? Like I was home every week. I was going to the gym training and then, you know, you fly out and go play football. So it was like, it really didn't suck. Right. It was, it was an awesome deal. And then when I decided to hang up my shoulder pads, I mean, I'd still in the gym and I was still lifting, but then I was like, okay, why am I here? Right. You kind of go through that transition of, yeah, I'm working out just to work out. Like what's my purpose. Right. And most people are like, Oh, it's to be healthier to, to get in better shape, to look better. I've never had a six pack. I'm never going to have a six pack. Right. <laughs> like I've come to terms with that in my life. Right. I'm, I'm a large individual. It is what it is. So I got back into powerlifting and I I've known coach um, through some other coaches that I've had in the past. And, you know, we linked back up and he, he welcomed me with open arms. And so, you know, I think it was like six months after I started there, I did my first meet and it was raw. And I think I hit the biggest raw squat at like 766 or 777 or something like that. It was the biggest raw squat um, at the time. I did like a 1700 pound total. Right. And then after that, it was like, okay, I'm addicted. Let's go all in. And then I jumped into multiply and just haven't looked back. So, so for pause, putting a pin in that really quick, um, for those who don't know the sport of powerlifting, um, can you give like a brief overview of like the sport of powerlifting, kind of what goes on? And you also multi talked about raw versus multiply. Can you walk us through that as well? Yeah. So powerlifting, I mean, there's, there's a few documentaries that are out there. Um, that kind of, if anybody has an hour or two to kill, are more than welcome to look up. Uh, Power Unlimited on YouTube, you can find it on that. It'll walk you through the entire sport of powerlifting and how it kind of became. Um, and then Westside Versa World's another one. You know, if you know anything about powerlifting or even in, uh, hear about powerlifting, right, usually Westside is going to come up. So, um, you know, that's another great documentary to watch to kind of tell you more about the sport. Um, but <laughs> so basic powerlifting, right, is there's the squat, the bench and then the deadlift or the three competition lifts. Um, you get your three best attempts in each event, right? And then they take your best lift and combine it together to give you what's called a total, right? Now there's different categories that you can compete in, in those events, right? Raw being where you're not wearing any type of supported gear other than maybe wrist wraps and a belt, right? Single ply is where you're wearing a single layer of supportive equipment and then multiply. You can have two or more layers of supportive equipment to wear to help, um, 
you lift bigger numbers, right? It's not going to do it for you, obviously, but um, you know, there is some advantages to wearing gear, right? So I compete in multiply. I wear, you know, double play briefs and double play shirts, triple play shirts um, to help me lift more weight. So I just want to see what my body can do. So. Yeah. Um, and, and I'll also add to that as, as I'm, <clears throat> tractors talked to me multiple times about doing multiply and for the longest time i was either like raw or single ply and i'm Do like yada, yada, yada. <laughs> and so and so i this last summer competed in my first uh double ply competition where i did the deadlift only because i'm i'm nursing a wrist and loved it like i've i've loved multiply i kick myself for the last five years i've known tractor him talking me into it me not listening and so you know um yeah and so but but i love it and so um for for any of our listeners that are like well raw this yada 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 all i'm gonna say is i'm going to invite you to come try just come that's try. it right don't like i'm not telling you it's better i'm not telling you it's worse just come try that's it right i gotta move you because my phone's getting a little low here and i gotta plug you into my fat guy lazy boy power outlet so <laughs> no, that's totally cool <laughs> oh and that's i think it, i mean i feel like for the most part in the circles at least you and i run in and the circles yeah. that brad runs in there's not like a huge like argument about raw versus single ply versus multiply we we might stab at each other and just kind of like laugh yeah. at each other but it's it's we can look at a Julius Maddox who hits a 780 750 plus on his raw bench and go that's a hell of a bench but we also can turn right. around and look at like uh, at at you and Hoff and and Hoff or uh, yeah everybody else that hits these huge multiply multiply lifts and go that's a lot of weight and 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 be super excited about that without having to like oh well, the suit did it and everything right and those, those who lift in suits know, those who lift in equipment know it's not the equipment that's doing the lifting. Like it's right. supportive, but it's not doing the lifting. Right. So. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And, and the supportive gear, right? Like to go back to that, right. It really is to keep you safe while you're performing the movement. Right. Like right. that's what I've found the biggest difference is, is yeah. Does it help me? But I mean, we kind of say it's like going from checkers to chess, right? There's so much more technicality that takes it into geared lifting versus the raw guy, right? Like a raw guy can get out of, out of the groove just a little bit and overpower it. If I got to get out of the groove in a squat with the weights that we squat, like that's bad news in a hurry for a lot of people around. Right. 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 So, yeah. And, and the thing is, right, like I've never understood why people are like, oh, well, if you didn't do it raw, you didn't do it, Right. But I can kind of see your argument, but at the same time, it's like have respect for those that that compete differently than you, right? right. Like stay in your lane, right? <laughs> I mean, that's right. kind of the thing, right? Like right. I, I don't go to raw meets to to try to compete, right? Because it's not what I am. I'm not a raw lifter, right? I'm right. a geared lifter. And so that's where I stay. And, you know, I, I, you know, more power to you. I mean, if you're strong raw, by all means, dude, be strong raw, right? right. But don't criticize the guys that do it different than you. Correct. Correct. I mean, I think that also goes back to like the sumo versus conventional deadlifters and that whole argument. Oh, that's, <laughs> that argument. That's a bucket of worms in its own. <laughs> I think I think it's a silly ass argument, but whatever. <laughs> right. So so yeah. Um, tell us about your barbecue business. When are you get into barbecue? 
So like my mom and dad, right. They, they kind of got me turned on to it. My dad has always had an eye on a Traeger when they bought their house, you know, forever going to the Utah. Traegers. And, uh, you know, but what's funny though, right? Like I, we started on, we started on like a pellet smoker, right? Like, uh-huh. and let's be real. They're a great entry into the smoking world because it's, you can set it, put your food on there and set the temp and then go to bed. Right. right. And so, and you can still produce great food. Like we started on that and everybody loved what we were doing. So it just kind of grew naturally from there. And then, you know, I had a couple friends go, Hey, can you cater bigger parties? And I'm like, uh, I've only got a smoker that fits six pork butts, right? I can only feed like 50, 60 people tops. Like they're like, Oh, we want to do 200. Okay. Well, let's figure that out. So then I ended up buying a, a, a big charcoal smoker that actually holds like 17 pork butts. So, wow. you know, we were able to up our game just quite a bit. So, nice. but it was literally, we started on a pellet smoker and just kind of, you know, made what we liked and, you know, you experiment and you fail and you try different recipes and you do different things. And I think too many people complicate barbecue, to be honest with you. They like think how? everybody's got to be on the, well, it's like everybody thinks it's got to be on the competition scene, right? Oh, I got to inject it this way, or I've got to do this, or I've got to do that. And it's like, you know what, man? Barbecue came about because there were tough cuts of meat that they just threw on all day, right? simple seasoning, and then it was delicious by the time the day was over, right? Right. I mean, I've heard guys doing, oh, I got, I put grape jelly, and I do this, and I do that, and I'm like, I, I don't have time for that, right? Like, legit. Like, it's salt, pepper, garlic on my briskets, um, you know, one seasoning, one pre-store-bought rub on my pork butt, and I call it a day, right? Like, right. It doesn't have to be complicated. Let them let the flavors shine through, man. And right. but yeah, no, I got started because of that. And then you know, obviously, being a power lifter and being close to five hundred pounds, I eat a lot. So, you know, smoking was a way for me to cook a lot of food yeah. and be really lazy about it. To be honest <laughs> with you, <laughs> that cardio word. I can you see that cardio <sighs> word in the back of your head? Like, I'm not getting up. I'm not walking for the salad. I'm not doing this. Like, no. Right. It's like, you know, like I can just, I can throw on a, a pork butt and let it go for like eight hours. And I right. go lay in the hammock for six of those eight hours. And it's done when I wake up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Right. I mean, oh, I, I make my own barbecue sauce and there was a guy who's like, you're not doing it right. And I'm like, you put stuff in the blender, you let it mix and you boil it and you put it in the smoker for an hour and you're done and he goes no you got to do it this way and this way i'm like oh. yeah and, and here's the thing right it, it's i think i think humans for this for art like for human sake right we just want to argue with people right like yes that goes back to the, the powerlifting thing right like well you're not a raw lifter you're not a geared lifter this that the other we just people just want to argue right? right like what's the point right if that's how you do it more power to you bro if that's how you like it do you what's right. the matter do you boo boo that that reminds me of like that regionals that all three of us were at and i came in and you looked at me and you're like billy you look a little sad and i told you about you know the ex-girlfriend and what she said and you're like bye felicia like 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 it wasn't even a question right like Like, she wants it this way and you can't and you don't want to do it that way bye felicia (laughs) right because guess what relationships are like buses you don't like it get off there's another one at 15. <laughs> yeah, that, that is a book title if i've ever heard a book title about but i mean it's like think about it right like come on man like you think that's the only girl that's gonna make you feel the way right. you do right. wrong 
Right. I remember now. that because I walked in and I was sat at weigh-ins. I was sat at the setup and you're like, oh, hell no. Like, absolutely right. not. Right. <laughs> like, why, why are you mad that she left, right? Be thankful that she gave you the opportunity to find something better. There you go. There you go. Oh, man. Okay. Well, we talked about barbecue. We talked about football. Let's get into, like, the powerlifting and the heavy Wait lifting. Wait a minute. Pause. What's Back your up. business name? Do you have a business name for your barbecue so we can push that out for you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, technically, I'm not a business because, uh, you know, I cook for friends and family. Uncle Sam, just listening. <laughs> um, but it's it's Tractors Barbecue. Uh, tractorsbbq.com. Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook. Follow me. Um, okay. We post a lot of stuff that we cater. Um, mainly, it's just word of mouth. I don't do any kind of advertising for it. Um, you know, like I said, we really just cook for friends and family, but it's grown to where it keeps us busy, you know, with big cater jobs probably once or twice a month on top of everything else we're doing. So, wow. you know, we appreciate the love and support with it. So we can yeah. share our love for food. We'd love to. Yeah. That's awesome. Totally. Like, I, I knew you had an Instagram and, and for those that don't follow Tractor's Barbecue Instagram, go follow the Instagram. Like, <laughs> like, like as a power lifter, and, and I don't know if Tractor's ever had this problem before. I know Brad has had that problem before, but we, we have to eat on a regular schedule. And yes, and there are just that, that fourth, fifth, and sixth meal of the day sometimes are just like, I don't want to do this. You yes. go open Tractor's Barbecue and go, well, I want to eat. And now all of a sudden you're hungry and meal four is cake. I mean, by six, pornography, but that's like, it's your Well, you know, I just try to do my part to help you hit your dietary requirements, right? <laughs> like, I just do what I can. So let me help you. <laughs> that, you that works for me. Oh, man. So, Tractor, you're you're probably one of – one of a few and i use few in in the sense of two or three that have registered a squat over 1200 pounds i know you have <clears throat> i know hoff has and the guy who just hit 13 i can't remember his name brian carroll brian carroll has he done yeah. over 12 before okay so actually there's 12 i don't think brian was included company prior to his recent meet uh two weeks ago i think it was um, but actually I was the 12th human to ever squat over 1200 pounds. Oh, okay. And I did that at relentless, which is a huge meet in Minnesota. Um, and we'll post more information about that. I will on my, on my social media, uh, next year when the event comes back around. But what that event does is it raises money for the hope kids foundation. And they're a lot like make a wish, right? So hope kids, they put on a calendar of free events. Um, I get choked up. Sorry. Ugh. No, it's fine. Totally fine. They get a, they put a calendar of free events on for kids with life-threatening illnesses, right? So um, that event is put on by Scott Nutter in uh, Minnesota, and Relentless is a huge event. Like last, the last two years I've gone, it's been amazing, right? Um, the first year I went was in 2018, and they raised just over $200,000 for the Hope Kids Foundation in that one powerlifting event alone, right? And in 2019, we broke the relentless record with like 235,000 in donations for hope kids. Right. So this event is huge. And they, if you want to be a part of it, right. Like you have to reach out to Scott Nutter and you can find him on social media. Um, but he's very selective about who he chooses to come in and compete because 
it's not just a powerlifting comp, right? Like it really is there for you to bond with the kids and be an inspiration, right? So I'm paired with a young man. His name's Caden. Um, he's got a rare condition called HABC. Um, how it's been explained to me is it mimics cerebral palsy and it's often misdiagnosed. Um, but his motor skills will deteriorate. They never develop fully, right? But they'll deteriorate. And, you know, his mom and dad and his older brother are just amazing. I mean, they're just special people. So <clears throat> I hit that 1200 squat in July last year. And there was a kid on a pick line um, 30 feet away. So that's kind of how powerful that event is. And whew, get choked up talking about it. So, and I kind of want to talk about that. Like, I remember that training cycle leading up to it. I know, <clears throat> I know in early two, 2019, we talked about you were going to Relentless and you were excited that you could feel something big was coming. coming. Yeah. You could feel that. You could feel that your coach, Jason Gibson, was purposely programming something big and, and yeah. for something. Um, and, and for those who don't know who Jason Gibson is, Jason Gibson is the most lovable character outside the gym and will shake your hand and talk your ear off. As soon as you get yep. into the gym, it is 100% business and he will drive you like a workhorse. And yep. so, which which I think is absolutely stellar because he gets to know his athletes. He gets to know their ticks. He knows what trigger to hit at what time. He also knows when to shut them down. And it felt yeah. like leading up to relentless, we had talked more than once that you felt like coach was never taking his foot off the accelerator. Like every workout was the accelerator was going. Um, yeah. Like what were your thoughts like in training leading up to relentless that, all of that so like leading up to the 2019 relentless like we had kind of talked about like we're gonna lay the hammer down right because my best competition squat prior to that so the year before I had taken 1150 and I missed it right I ran out of air I spent too long in the hole ran out of air at the top I had to have him take it um and I was pissed right because I was like I know I can squat that I know I can hit 1150 right and it's funny because uh, I'll drop another name, Jeff Frank, who um, actually held the relentless squat record at, uh, I want to say it was like 1218, uh -huh. 12.08, something like that, right? And sorry, Jeff, didn't mean to butcher that. Um, but Jeff and I had talked, right? And we've become kind of close friends through the relentless. And um, Jeff said, you know, you remind me of when I hit my first 1200 pounds because I tried to squat it at relentless and you know and I missed it and then I came back and I hit it right and so he became I think he was actually the 11th person to hit over 12 um and so he and I had a great conversation through all of 2018 and 2019 leading up to the event and coach was like yeah no that's we're going to circle that on the calendar we're going to go for it and we're going to put the throttle down and we're going to go after it so you know mentally as an athlete you've got to try to prepare for that like you know that this is just going to push you to the limits and you know, it, it, it doesn't take just me, right? Like, yeah, I'm the athlete, but I mean, from my wife to my teammates, man, it takes a village to get an athlete to that point, right. To be able to compete and put everything out there. So, you know, I'm forever grateful for them, but yeah, like you and I talked, right. Like it was, it was all business going into the gym and we knew what we were there to do. So 
you know, we came out and hit 1223 and hit the biggest squad at Relentless. And, you know, and so that, that, that was a blessing. So. So, and I remember us talking about that. You said coach told you something between your second and third attempt. You said something to the effect of you looked at coach and said, well, what did I hit? And he said, don't worry about it and shoot you away. Yeah. So I was trying, I was actually, because in one of the warm-up areas, right, like like off the stage, they've got like the flight order and it's that one lifter program. So you can see what attempt has been chosen next, right, and where you're at in the flight. And I couldn't sit down because, you know, I was just, I was trying to, to keep my nerves in check and I didn't want to sit. So I was kind of pacing around and, um, you know, one of our friends at Relentless snapped a great photo of me and coach. He's looking up at the board and I was trying to look at it and he says, don't worry about it. Just go lift it. And so I, he was facing the program and I was facing away and they snapped a pretty good photo back to back. And so, um, but yeah, he just told me, he's like, don't worry about it. Just go lift it. You've got it. And sure shit went out there and nailed it. So it was, it was a rush, but yeah, no, I mean, you know, I'm forever grateful to have him in my corner. I don't know where I'd be without him. Right. And the, the, some of the things I love about coach is every time I go um, train with you guys or I go to a meet with you guys, he is, I can look at him and say, well, what do I need to improve on? And like, gives me the two or three really quick things. And, yeah. and to this day, I still have not gotten my core tight enough and my lats are still. <laughs> I've known you guys for five years and I work on that all the time and I can't get it tight enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know that you can ever get tight enough. Right. Like, yeah, that's, that's kind of the, yeah. I think it's I think it's because I get it and I master it and then I do really well at like 405 and then I put 450 on the bar and my st- abs go, well, I'm not used to this. And they're like, right. and, and I, I quit. get that note on Instagram <laughs> from, from coach. Yep. <laughs> Need this. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. Oh. But I mean, that's it, right? Like, and that's, that's powerlifting, right? You're always pushing your weaknesses up, right? You're always working on your weak areas. So what used to be a strength will eventually start to lag because you haven't put the attention there. Right now you can try to put attention on everything, but eventually something's not going to get the attention. Right. Right. And that's going to be a weak point. So you just have to refocus and you're constantly building and excuse me, and working on your weaknesses. So that's just the sport, man. That's just part of it. There you go. So I, I've heard, I've heard it put this way when you, when you're stacking that much weight on your back and you, and and you pick it, um, Uh Someone once told me that that he he asked he he was like a four hundred pound squatter, and he asked somebody who had just squatted nine fifty what did nine fifty feel like, and he's like, well, what's your best squat? And he's like, well, four hundred five. He's like, it felt like that. And and I yeah. have a hard time believing like that twelve twenty three felt like somebody else's like PR because that's just so much weight. And everything. But it's relative though, right? Like, and, and this is sometimes like why I have a hard time telling people like the amount that I lift because it doesn't put it in perspective for them yet, right? Somebody's like, oh, well, you're a power lifter. Well, I just hit 225 on the bench the other day, right? And that may be a lifetime PR for him. Right. Bro, absolutely. That is awesome. Because you know right. what? That's good for you, right? Like that's right. your best right, right now, right? And you're going to work and you're going to get better. 
well, what's your bench? Ah, you know what? I, I've done something, right? And they're like, well, what is it? I was like, well, my bench is 760, right? Right. And they're like, and it, you kind of see like that little twinkle just kind of go away because then they right. feel like, well, their bench isn't isn't as good. Right. And it's like, but bro, you haven't trained as long as I have, right? right? You you haven't had the coaching that I've had. You haven't had certain things that I've done and been exposed to, right? Right. So your 225 PR is, is perfect for you, man. That That's right. your PR. And, and, and I'll say, yeah, like what's 1223 or what's 12, whatever feel like, right? Like it feels like your heaviest squat attempt. You that's, know, that's that, how you put it in perspective. That's a very good, I mean, that, I mean, that's a really good analogy. And I think, I think a lot of people need to understand that, that <clears throat> it, it is a lot of lifting. It is a lot of training and you're just not going to walk up and hit 1200 pounds. I believe there was, I'm not going to name the squatter. You and I both know who the squatter is. But I remember when you hit 1036 for the first time back in like right. 2006, 2007, 2016, 2017, excuse me. And yeah. this lifter, and we won't mention any names, ran his mouth and said, oh, well, I can just throw on a double ply suit and just do that. And right. he threw on a double ply suit and he just caved like, like I believe, I believe the way that I believe the term you used was taco. <laughs> right. Yeah. You pulled like a taco, right? You just yeah. Like, mm. yeah. 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 And so, so there is a lot of training. There is a lot of stuff that goes into it. You yeah. just can't handle that. So after you hit your 1223, I know you took about a month off. Like, like, you, yeah, like you had to let your body reset. You had to go through a healing process. Yep. I'm sure there were <clears throat> pounds and pounds of ice that went on your body for at least a month. Um, and I'm sure, I'm sure your, sure your blessed wife and Ken, I love you. Ken, I love you. Miss Ken. <laughs> yeah. She, she definitely keeps me put together, man. Like yeah. I, if I wasn't for her, I'd be a, a ball. And just muscle yeah. And... Yeah. She let's be real. You do all the heavy lifting, but she does all the heavy fixing. <laughs> right. So... Absolutely. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> um, and for those who are watching, she's, she's she's essentially a nurse and so she does all the stuff behind the scenes yeah uh, after that month you you took off you were getting ready for like like you weren't sure what the next big step was right and, yeah and, and you didn't really know and then and then we had that conversation in like end of this end of november First, yeah, it was like end of October, early November. Yeah, yeah. yeah like we had that conversation um, about about your knee. Like you felt something, and like like of like, all things, man, I was moving a swing set for a family member, right? Like, right. Stupid things, man. And it was, you know, I was I was worried because we were moving on a wet grass, and I thought, okay, well, just you know, don't hurt yourself. And we got it loaded up on a flatbed. And I mean, and this is one of those things. It's got like a playhouse on the one side, and it's got like four swings, and then you know monkey bars i mean there's this giant thing that we had to put on a flatbed because you know we didn't want to tear it down into pieces because why would you do that right <laughs> why would you do so, that right well we got them on the flatbed no problem right and then we go to unload it and we unload it on the driveway which is perfectly flat then i pick it off the driveway and i take like four steps and my knee snaps oh and i'm like you've got to be kidding me on flat ground really so we get this thing jockeyed into position and then i hurry home and, you know, we ice it, we elevate it. And here's the kicker. I had barbecue going for a wedding job that was an hour away from the house, right? So I've been up since like three in the morning getting barbecue going. 
I jack my knee that day and I still go up and I deliver a beautiful wedding for 125 people and we rock that wedding and catering, right? Right. Like that was the day. And I was just like, okay, great. Like how does, you know, <laughs> that, that now makes what? so much more sense why the following day <laughs> your favorite word was the F bomb the next day. Oh, like <laughs> absolutely. I used it like a comma, right? Like it was punctuation no, at that point. F, 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 F. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen so like like I have talked to some people that love the word F. You used it in like poets. <sighs> It was a noun, a pronoun, a verb, an adjective. Yeah, no, yeah, it was it was anywhere I could fit that F word in, it went, right? Whether it was like square peg round hole, it was just going. Like I mean, the only time you never use the F word is when you're talking about your wife. Oh yeah, she's taking care of me. But my F and dad and my F and this, like Yeah, yeah. No, and it was yeah, you know, and it was it was just one of those things, right? Like it was just like yeah, whatever, right? <laughs> but it's it's part of it. it's life, right? Like things right. are just gonna happen, right? Like, you know, it's just okay. That sucked. It happened. What are you gonna do about it, right? right. Like, what's your next step? It's it's how are you gonna react to it, right? And I think that's where that's kind of what separates people. You know, you start doing um, the poor picked on me thing, and you're not gonna go anywhere, right? But if you go, okay, well that sucks. Well what's my game plan from here? Where do I go from here? What's my next step? Right. And so, you and I had a couple of those conversations Yeah. because you were going through a knee injury too at the same time, right? Yeah, Did you totally your patella? Like, like, yeah. I, I, uh, in 20, in 2019, I, uh, uh, I dislocated my right patella playing, playing basketball. I mean, I deserved every minute of that. Um, and, and so I, uh, I deserve every minute of, of, um, of, of that patella injury yeah well because like we we had gone to brad's wedding yeah right we were at brad's wedding reception talking about it like my knee injury and your knee injury right it was crazy like it was it was i had just like so so for those who don't know squat tractor does what we call full power he does the squat the bench and the deadlift I'm a push puller. We've had an art, we've had arguments back and forth about which one's better, which one's not. Uh, it falls into the camp of do what you like and make fun of everybody That's else's. It. And, <laughs> and, so, and so I had gotten the gumption to go, you know what? I'm going to get a squat suit. I'm going to learn this thing called the squat. And I, I had a beautiful 455 for, for reps. Tractor was super pumped. And then like two weeks later, I, I dislocated my patella. Played basketball tractor, and trashed like, your knee. First, right, right. first thing he does is he calls me. He's like, you didn't trash your knee because you, I gave you crap for squatting, right? No, 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 no. This is basketball. And he was like, okay, good. And then literally the next weekend, <laughs> you snapped your right. Brad's wedding. And it's like me and you with bad knees. Candace is there making fun of us. It's like, you guys just need to. Pretty like- much, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, we're just a bunch of idiots, right? Like, yeah, yeah, we lift doing? heavy things, and then when we're not lifting heavy things, but we're trying to be athletic, we get hurt. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, I remember a time where I got a text from Billy from his ankle to his knee going, is this scab look infected to you? I was in Arizona. And I decided to pick up playing slow pitch softball. And 
you know, at the time I was weighing in at 218 pounds. So I I still had some wheels on me and I could run all right. Um, And I was coming around the bases and I had to make it to third. And so I slid. Well, what I forgot is in Arizona, the sand is like glass. Like you can't slide on the It's like skateboard deck tape. Right, right, right. right. And, and instead of wearing like tall socks, like I should have been, I was wearing like the ankle socks. So my whole calf was exposed. I tried to wash it out. I tried to clean it. Two days later, essentially you get like a, what they call a dead scab. It starts to grow over it. And you yeah. have to go into the doctor. They take steel wool and they scrape that thing because they have to right. scrape it all off. They give you antibiotics, and then like two days later, the whole thing just starts to roll up. Like it's like, oh, look, perfectly good skin underneath, and it's like the most disgusting thing in the world. So yeah, as powerlifters, we're really smart in the gym. When we get out of the gym, we're we're, we're not smart sometimes. <laughs> A little questionable. So so you have your knee injury. Yeah. And and at in October ish. And actually, no, Brad, you got married in July, right? Yes. So it was, it was. So you had had yours. I hadn't had mine. Yeah. You hadn't had yours. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it was on opposite sides of Brad's wedding. We had just got back from relentless. Like a week or two. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, That's what it was. Yeah. That's what it was. Um, And so, so you have your knee injury. Yeah. Towards the end of 2019. I can imagine that conversation with coach. That went well. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you funny. how that went. Yeah. <laughs> I swear. I. You know what? I. If it's not the dumb things I do, I don't know how that man hasn't killed me yet. Right. <laughs> like. Yeah. Because some of like I'll I'll yeah I'll ask stupid questions in the gym and then he and I butt heads about it and I'm just like I'm waiting for him to throw a 25 at me <laughs> or like a 45 and just be like you know what I've had enough of you whack you're done right. <laughs> Like, so anyways, needless to say that conversation went well, right? Like, hey, coach, I uh, I messed up my knee moving a swing set, nothing else. Um, and I'm limping around like I got jumped with a baseball bat, right? So he uh, he's like, okay, well, you can still bench, right? Yeah, good. It's Monday. Let's go. All right. Okay. <laughs> Went and benched, right? Well, then Tuesday, right? Like, I didn't do the main movement. And, you know, I think we were we were, uh, box squatting that day with a safety squat bar. Um, I was still super tender. And so, I, uh, yeah, I didn't squat. But then I was like, okay, well, I, I got to start physical therapy, right? I've never gone to the doctor to have this knee checked out. To this day, still haven't gone to have it checked out, right? <laughs> we're not smart individuals sometimes. No. So... <laughs> Yeah, I so I started doing rehab, right? Because I've, I've had an ACL injury before, right? And I'm like, well, it's not my ACL because I can still kind of, you know, pivot and move a little bit. So it's not that. I, it's probably either meniscus or, you know, MCL, PCL, something like that, right? So as long as it's not the ACL, I think I'll be okay. So I started doing rehab work for it. And he put me on, he was like, well, if you're not going to go to the doctor, I'm going to punish you and you can't lift. Well, shit. Okay. Um, all right. I'm not going to go to the doctor because I don't think I need to. Right. So we butted heads for like two weeks. Like I just kept getting like the saltiest looks like in training because I'm not doing lower body movements. Right. 
but I'm like, I'm on the hyper and I've got the strap behind my knee and I'm like trying to straighten my knee out and try to push my heel to the floor. Right. And I'm doing like hamstring curls with the band, like the, the minis, the, the uh-huh. orange minis. Right. Like, like, well, I'll just, you know, work the hamstring and build the quads and then just kind of, you know, rehab the knee myself. And one of the days coach was just had enough of me and he was like, well, fine. Then you're going to do the reverse. You're going to do the, uh, you're going to do a glute ham raise. I want to see how you're, how you're doing. Right. We're going to test out the hamstring. I'm a 500 pound dude, right? 490 to 500 pounds. Right. Yes. Yes. I can do a glute ham raise. Okay. It looks like a monkey in a coconut, but I can do (laughs) one. Okay. So he goes, I want to test out your hamstring and see how well this is going to go. So, all right, whatever, jump on there. And I hit it for one. And he's like, Hey, you're going to do a set of 10. All right. So like eight, right. I'm fatigued because I haven't done them in you know a month now at this point, two months. So he's like, okay, well, you're good. Let's keep training. So then we just jump back back into training, right? Like it was just kind of like that. All right. Well, you can do that. You can do it. Everything else. Well, there you go. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean, what is there? I mean, and, but that's and, it, right? Like you just have to, sometimes it's that mental block where you're just like, you know what? I just need to be told that I can just train. Right. And so that kind of leads into the, you know, what happened going into that meet in February uh, this year, right? Because, you know, February this year, I did, what was it? 1278.6, yeah. right? And took the all-time squat record from from Dave Hoff, who had it at 1273. Um, yeah, and going into that meet in February, we had prefaced it, and this is coach's coaching, by the way. He prefaced it like, well, this is just going to be a tune-up meet. You've got a knee injury, Right let's just tune a few things up and then we'll get you ready for relentless in 2020. And then we'll go big at relentless. Right. Cool. Yeah. That's, that's a great strategy coach. Let's do that. Right. Like, and we were pushing and it didn't feel like the throttle was on like it was in 2019. Right. Like it didn't feel like leading into relentless. Right. It didn't feel like we were hammer throttle down, but that was coached by design. Right. He was like, you know, I know you're capable of hitting the all time record and we've got to get you mentally not focused on that you know how do i how do i play this mental game to get you where you know 1278 you can just do it and it was we're not gonna go for it right it was kind of that we're not gonna do it we're gonna do it type thing so yeah we went into the meet in february thinking it's tune-up meet right i literally barbecued for the event So like we set up on Friday, right? And I pulled my smoker up Friday. I got all the briskets and stuff trimmed. And granted, it's in February, right? So it's freezing outside. So I got it all trimmed up before we left and just left it on the smoker. And I was just going to come up in the morning and light it and get it going. So I get up at four o'clock in the morning that Saturday. And I go light my barbecue. I drive over to the gym and I light the pit and I get it rolling. And, you know, everybody starts coming in. All the athletes start showing up and we start warming up. And I think we opened at like 1125, 1102, something like that. I remember setting your bar thinking like, when you told me that it was like warm up meat, like we're not going to go nuts. It's just, we're prepping. I was thinking, oh, you know, they'll probably cap it at like 1150. When you started at 1125 and it went, I was like, today's going to be a day. (laughs) 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 Because I remember, so, so for those who have never seen a powerlifting meet, there's always at least a, there's a spot on each side 
of the bar. And if you're tractor, there's three people on each side of the bar because it's <laughs> that much going. And I remember, I remember getting told, <clears throat> I remember the first time I spotted a thousand pound squat that it was me and you on either side of the bar. And if there was going to be a miss, we were just going to hug each other. Mm-hmm. stand up at the bar and rack it and i remember standing there and i don't remember the kid's name but i told him look if this goes this is how we're gonna fix this is how we're gonna save each other and he's like okay we can do that and i remember like setting up and as soon as you like picked it and i and i you regardless of what weight you're lifting when the weights get heavy enough for the individual you just hear an audible groan like they just groan. <laughs> And I just remember, chink, and it was like, this is real. This is really happening. <laughs> so, so I remember he hit that 11.25, and you racked it. And me and the kid, like, looked at each other like, holy shit. Like, <laughs> I've never seen so many 45s on a bar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was out there, right? And then I jumped to, God, what did we go to? It was like 11... 1175 or 1180. Well, I thought it was heavier right? than that. I didn't, I thought you made a bigger no. jump. One and two. No, we made a small jump, right? Because it was like, oh, it moved good, right? But like, oh, that's right. Let's yeah, yeah. set it up. Yeah. So we, we didn't go over 12 on the second attempt. We stayed under 12 and unracked it. Went just fine, right? I mean, it went just like the opener did. Yeah. So I looked at coach and he's like, I'm all, what should I go? And he goes, go for it. Wait, what? <laughs> And he goes, call it and go for it. You got it. And I'm like, uh, okay. I mean, what's the worst that happens, right? Like, right. you kill everybody on the platform? Like, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if go, that's the way I want to go. That's right. Go. And, you know, and it's like, how do you mentally prepare for making that call, right? So it's like, you call it out and you're like, yeah, that's the way I want to lift. And they're like, okay. So... Like, I'm waiting, and I I, – I just, I just want to paint this picture really quick. You came in thinking it's a, it's a, warm, it's a startup. It's a, it's a warm-up. Yeah. Everyone on your team thought this was a warm-up meet. Except the for spotters, Coach. The spotters and loaders were told it was a warm-up meet, that we're not going to yeah. go balls. Your sweetheart, Candace, is believing that it's, like, a warm-up meet. Uh-huh. Like, the audience believes it's a warm-up meet for you. And then all of a sudden, that 1278, like, goes on the paper like yeah like, yeah <laughs> yeah exactly right there's not a lot of words for it you're just kind of like well i hope i didn't just sign a check that my ass can't cash <laughs> so like once once you look because <clears throat> because i remember that me candace was taking the taking the weights uh-huh when you looked at her and said 1278 what did she say her eyes were about as big around as mine and she went <laughs> okay and just wrote it down and just was like i love you i love you too <laughs> so as soon as so so then you went walk into the warm-up area and what did you do like when you walked into the warm-up area did you put on music did you go find a corner did you no i just you know it was one of those where it's like you just have to believe in yourself right like trust your training trust your coach's decision and trust the people that are on the platform to keep you safe like, right. if you don't trust that, you shouldn't be under that weight, right? right. You, you have got to have absolute trust that you can do that and trust in your coach that you can do that weight, right? Right. I've never tremored or wobbled under a weight 
right? Until I picked 1278. Yeah. And I, I had never like gone to the tremors, like where people start shaking, never experienced that before. Right. What a time to do it under 1278 right underneath an all time right. record. So that was a little bit of a mental, ugh. but you know, it's one of those. It's like, if, I've always told myself, if I can pick it, I can squat it. Right. Right. If I can physically pick it and I can pick it clean, I can squat it. That's what I've always told myself. Right. So at that point, it's sit back into the gear, listen to your call. I mean, I, in the bottom of a multiply squat with that much weight, it kind of sounds like the Charlie Brown teacher, but with an echo. <laughs> wow, 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 wow. Uh-huh, yeah. So it's like in the video, right? Like you hear my spotter call me up and I don't right. move. I'm still going down. Well, she calls me up again. And that's when everybody else was like, up. Ah! And so then I started going up, right? And it was... It was one of those where it's like, bite your bite your mouthpiece because you're going and you're going to get this whether you whether you're going to give it everything you got right? right and stood up with it and got the white lights for it and it went in the books so you know it was one of those it was just like this kind of you know when I started powerlifting I told myself I want to I want to take Donnie Thompson's all time record and at the time it was twelve sixty five right and then Giannis hit twelve sixty seven. And then Hoff went 1273 and then I went 1278 and then Brian Carroll just beat me two weeks ago and went 1306. Right. So, you know, it, it's just crazy the the amount of talent that's out there that's just training. I mean, you know, Giannis and Donnie are retired and, you know, Hoff's still going strong and, you know, Brian Carroll hit that 1306 and just announced his retirement from competitive powerlifting. So it's like, you know, there's still dudes that are out there that, are well within striking distance of that. That'll be at the WPO in like two weeks. Right. So that's the thing about the sport, man. Like your record is there until the next dude comes to take it. Correct. You know, and it is what it is. You just got to get back in the gym and work harder. Right. So, so I have to ask then, like, is, is, do you envision yourself going after 1300 pounds in the next year or two? Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's kind of the goal, right? Like 13 hadn't been done before Brian hit it. And, you know, it was kind of a race to 13. It was either me or Hoff or, you know, a couple other guys that were going to be out there that were going to take it for a ride. And, you know, Donnie had taken it in competition and, you know, he didn't get white lights for it. And, you know, it's just, it's one of those things where it all comes down to what's going to happen on the platform and, you know, yeah, absolutely go. Cause I mean, how many, how many people can say this squatted, I mean, 12 people can say they squatted over 1,200 pounds ever, right? There's one guy right now that can say he's done 13, and I want right. to be part of that club, right? That's right. that small club that not many people can get a hold of. And to say that I can do that would be would be a huge accomplishment. There you go. There you go. Speaking of accomplishments, um, on this podcast, we, <clears throat> we only ask, like, one curated question ever. Um, most of this is – but I mean – Believe it or not, I mean, those who are watching it, most of this is just back and forth conversation. We're at the table sharing a drink, um, having a good time. But the only question that we really curate is, so Tractor, here's, here's the curated question. What is your personal definition of success? Man, you know, you told me that this question was coming too, right? Like, yeah. And, and pondering on it, I mean, 
my personal definition of success is being better than you were yesterday. If I'm better than I was yesterday, I consider myself successful. I, I think if, you know, especially in this sport, right? Like, yeah, you hit the all-time record and you can say, yeah, I'm, I'm successful, right? But that only lasts for so long. I mean, look right. what happened a couple of weeks ago, right? Somebody took it, right? So I, I think my level of success is being successful is are you better than you were yesterday? Right. right. Which, you know, I mean, some people will kind of say it's, it is what it is, but I mean, to me that, that just means that you're ever chasing success, right? You're, you're always trying to get better. And, and I, I try to live, I try to live my life where, you know, did I do better than yesterday? If the answer is yes, then that was a successful day for me. Um, but I also try to impact at least one person in my daily interaction in a positive way, right? Like I try to give them a positive interaction and, you know, to me, that's also a success, right? Like being a positive influence for those around you. So, yeah, I think, I think, you know, pondering on it, right? Like what's my definition of success? And I think it's just getting better every day. Like that's, that's being successful. I like that. I like that. I think, and, and I, I mean, we've talked about that idea of success before and making sure today's better than yesterday. Um, but I don't think people really conceptualize how powerful that statement is. And, and, and they, they look at, like, like, for instance, using the example you used previously, the kid who hit 225 on his, top, on his top marks, who probably moved it from like 215 to 225 yeah. and, and was better than yesterday. But then he immediately looks at somebody else and tries to gauge his success against somebody else and can't yeah. have to gauge no. it. Here's the thing, right? Like one thing I will tell somebody that's new to the sport of powerlifting. I mean, we, we see it on the internet all the time, right? Like, hey, when's a good time for me to do a meet? I want to be competitive, right? right. I, want to, I want to make a splash. Look, man, just jump, right? right. Don't tippy-toe in thinking that you are – you need to be at some level before you compete. No, man, cannonball in. Just jump, right? Right. The, the, the advice I always give to new lifters is don't worry about what everybody else is doing, right. right? Don't worry about what their records are. Don't worry about their personal bests are. Don't worry about the all-time records, right? Are they there to look at? Are they there to be a long-term achievement? Absolutely, right? right? But every time you compete, focus on being better than you were last time. Right. Because here's the thing. You beat your record enough. Eventually, you're beating everybody else. Correct. No, that, that's so absolutely That's the biggest piece of advice I try to give the new lifters, right? Just jump in. Don't worry about it, right? right. Jump in, get a meet in, because then you've got numbers to base your programming off of. Right. And then just continue to get better, right? Be better than you were yesterday. Be better than when you're at the last meet. And then eventually you're breaking your own record and you're breaking everybody else's along with it, right? So just focus on getting better each and every day. That's, that's really it. I mean, it sounds cliche, but, you know, just be better. And that and and that definition of success can go to you can go to your work life, it can go to your personal life, it can go to all sorts of places. Like like it's mm -hmm. just not for our sport. It's it's for it's for everything you do. And and the idea of jumping in, cannonballing in also applies to different areas. If if you want to learn how to be good at business, you you just cannonball in, you just start doing start learning start going and doing uh -huh. something in business if you want to do bar and you surround yourself with people who have been that have done better than you right, right. when you're going to start in right like you're going to learn from those that are better than you right? right so surround yourself in an environment get yourself with a team that 
knows more than you, trains more than you, lifts more than you, right? Right. Because that group's going to push you. And then just continue to learn and continue to grow and, and teach everybody around you, right? Like I, I tell you guys, when every time I see your videos, right? Like, you know, everybody on your team should be a coach, right? Because everybody right. should be able to pick out what your flaws are. I mean, that's how we right. do things at PSM. That's one thing the coach totally preaches is, I want you to be a coach because instead of having one person be the coach and all the, all the responsibility falls on him, you know, he's not going to see it from the same angle that the guy that's running the mono is. And he's not going to see it at the same angle that the spotter is right? right. Your foot position could be off. Your hand position could be off, right? You're not keeping your lats tight. You know, you're not bellying up right on the bench or, right. you know, when you go to deadlift, you've got a slight round over, but we can't see it until I'm standing on the side. Right. So that's why it's like, get yourself in a group that is going to coach you and don't get in a group that is a bunch of dudes that just pat you on the back. Right. right. I think, I think too many people fall into that. Hey bro, you're killing it. You're going beast mode, right? Like you're, you're so awesome. You're so great. But if they don't tell you what you're doing wrong, how are you ever going to get better? Exactly. Exactly. You know, so surround yourself with people that's going to tell you, what you sometimes don't want to hear, you yeah. know, that sometimes it looked like crap. Sometimes it's, yeah, it may have moved fine, but it looked like, you know, a dog trying to pass a peach pit. <laughs> no, not that, not that you have ever told me that my deadlifts have looked like that, but no, I remember, but it's like, I remember a meet in Idaho, you calling me out for that. <laughs> well, you know, but it's cause I want to see you get better. Right. right like, right. and what, what type of friend or what time of, what type of friend would I be if I didn't tell you what you were doing wrong? Right? Exactly. Exactly. How can you get better? Right. If nobody, if nobody's pushing you and telling you what can do to improve, how can you be successful the next day? Agreed. Agreed. And I remember, right? the, I remember the one time that I told that, that I saw something and you kind of, I mean, everybody on your team kind of looked at me like, well, did you see something? And I was like, I just feel like he rolled, wobbled on the bench a little bit. And, and coach stopped and thought about it. He's like, yeah, get your lats tight in the next bench. It moved really well. And so, <laughs> and so I was like, I got it. <laughs> but that's it, right? Like always push your teammates, right? Like don't, I mean, yeah, it's good to have that positive reinforcement, but sometimes you got to tell them what they did wrong. Right. Because if you don't, it's a disservice as a team. You're not being a good teammate, right? right. You're not being Which a good I think, I think being honest and, and open like that is probably – a characteristic of a better friend and a best friend right patch on the back so yeah and don't get me wrong right like our environment at psm right like we really focus on things that you can do better and some people can't handle that environment and that's why they don't last long right, right. i mean there's days that me and a couple me and one of my training partners you know it was literally do i drive to the gym and resist all urges to punch him in the face or do i just go home right Right. But to go home doesn't make me successful, doesn't right. push him to be any more successful, right? So it's a disservice to avoid that. So, you know, am I grateful that he's there and pushing me? Absolutely, right? And I would hope that he feels the same. Um, you know, it's, you have to surround yourself with people that are going to tell you what you don't want to hear to make right. you better. Agreed. Agreed. You know, um, I think so the, the best advice I ever got at a powerlifting meet um, it was my last meet that I competed in before I destroyed my shoulders and my back. And uh, I was the first guy in the meet, the first guy in the flight, and Tiny Meeker was the last. 
<laughs> That's and an act to follow, know right? Who Meeker is he is the best bench presser on the planet. One everybody, and everybody is Mark a few weeks, three months ago. Yeah, and everybody's like, "Well, how would you feel? Uh, it sucked." And he goes, "What do you mean?" I go, "He's warming up with nine seventy five. My best is two sixty. I mean, and so." My third lift, I'm going up. He just benched a thousand pounds. Now they got to strip it down to two forty or something. I was doing. They looked at me. He goes, "In a room full of monsters, you still got to compete against you." That's it. That's it. Right? Like it doesn't matter who's on the platform. Yeah. The only person you're competing against is yourself. That's it. Right? That's it. Because at the end of the sport, nobody cares. No. Right? Nobody does. Nobody cares what you squatted. Nobody cares what you benched. Right? <laughs> What's that? It was the one there. It's uh, oh, was that that meme that floats around, right? Where it's that big dude from Jurassic Park, and they're like sitting on the beach, and he's like, "Oh yeah, see, see, this person does this. Yeah, oh. see, look, nobody cares. Nobody right? cares. That's nobody right. Cares. Yeah, yeah. Because in powerlifting, you are one percent of the population that powerlifts, right? Right, right? And if you're elite, you're one percent of the one percent, right? Sure. So think about that. Ninety-nine point nine percent of the population don't give a crap. They don't care, right? <laughs> oh, great. You squat a house. That's cool. I, I do gardening, right? I don't know, right? right. They don't care. So, you know, to, you're a little twisted in the head when you're, you know, 1% of 1% trying to chase a number and they just kind of look at you and go, what is wrong with you? I paid chips as a kid. Don't worry about it. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. So, so final question before we wrap it up. Like, if there were three powerlifters you could sit down at a table just to have dinner with and just talk talk shop with, what three powerlifters are you bringing to dinner? Donnie Thompson for sure, right? Yeah. And I have an interesting story, right? Because Donnie came out here like four or five years ago to put on a body tempering clinic. Right. And he's in Arena League Center, and I was in Arena League Center, right? right. Both super heavyweights and powerlifting. I was sitting on the tailgate of my truck, and – he pulls up and he looks at me. He goes, is that thing rated for that? <laughs> Thanks, Donnie. Way to make a guy feel special. But, you know, he and I talked and, you know, we've, we've become, you know, we've become friends. And when I squatted over 1,200 pounds, he sent me a text message like, bro, congratulations. You know, that's a rare feat. You're the 12th person to ever do that. He's like, I want to welcome you to a small club. Um, and then when I hit 1278, he called me. Donnie was like, hey, I just heard. He goes, I was on a social media blackout for a little while because, you know, he was going through some things with, you know, a, a supplier. And he called me. He's like, somebody sent me the video. And he goes, I, I wanted to call you and uh, and just congratulate you. He goes, no matter what anybody says, he goes, you're the all-time record holder right now. And he goes, not everybody can say that they've done that. Right. So definitely Donnie, right, to sit down and talk shop with him. And then, you know, obviously I want to talk to Dave Hoff, right? Like I've met him a few times and, you know, I feel like, me, him, and Donnie sitting around talking about lifting that kind of weight, right? Like, I mean, Dave Hoff is on a whole nother level. What can I learn, right? And the third one, man, you know, honestly, it would probably be, I think I, you know, and I've met Laura Phelps once, right? And I really enjoyed conversation with her. So I think I would want to sit down with Laura too because I think she is very humble 
but I think she's also a great wealth of knowledge too. Right. So like if I could sit down with those three and have dinner and not worry about time and sit back and, you know, enjoy a cigar with Donnie and, and Hoff and, you know, have a drink with Laura, I think, I think those would be the three that I'd want to sit with. Um, you know, and I've met Shauna Mendelson, who's an amazing lifter. Um, you know, I met Tiny once at one of the Wild Worlds. He's a great guy. And it's funny, right? Because like the guys at the top, you know, they don't criticize each other. They, they, hey man, that was a hell of a lift, right? Yeah, right. And yeah. and that's it, right? They just they're they know what it takes to be where you're sitting because right. they've done it, right? right? They know what you go through mentally in the gym to kind of prepare for something like that. So to get up there and and be in that kind of realm of, you know, the top, the second now, you know, the second top biggest squat ever, right? Like until Hoff comes out and puts me down the rung a little further, but (laughs) (laughs) kind of knocks me back down to my place. Right. We all know it's coming. So (laughs) yeah, it's, you know, it's just one of those things like you just know it's coming, but yeah, no, I think I'd want to, I want to sit down and have dinner with those three because I know the three of them have trained together. Right. And, but just to sit down and be in that company, I think it'd be amazing. That's, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, again, for those that are, that are watching, you can find Tractor on Instagram. Um, you can find his barbecue, Tractor's Barbecue on Instagram. Yep. Tractor's, yep. Tractor'sBarbecue.com is your website, your barbecue yep. website. Okay. Yep. Find him there. Um, you'll definitely find him on Facebook. He has some of the most hilarious posts I've seen um, when he posts. <laughs> um, yeah, when I post, I don't post very posts, often. He's not man, always right? on there. He's he's all over Instagram with his barbecue, but he doesn't post a lot on Facebook. And that's the thing, right? Like when I hit that twelve seventy eight, like everybody followed my personal page, and I'm like, okay, you have to scroll <laughs> at least four different rows, five rows, to find anything powerlifting related. It's either my right. dogs, right. my niece, right, or me hanging in my hammock and smoking something on the on the smoker so right. yeah if like, you want to follow his lifting you have to go to psm barbell and follow them right. <laughs> and so and so and and if someone you know in the state of utah or surrounding states of utah wants to sit down maybe chat with chat with you guys and coach do you guys do um i know you guys are training athletes and that you'll 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 train athletes uh in person, I don't know if you do like distance distance coaching or anything like that. Um, but if an athlete within the area wanted to come and just just to see what the sport is, is it is it an open gym they can come check Absolutely. it out? Absolutely, our door is always open, right? You know that, right? Our door is right. always open, right? You want to come, you want to learn, right? Come learn. The only thing that we ask is that you be committed, right? Right. You know, you know, Billy, you've obviously got an open door. Brad, you've got an open door policy with us. You guys have always treated us pretty well, you know, been there when we need and, you know, return that as well. Um, But yeah, if there's, if there's someone in the surrounding area that wants to come out and, you know, see what PSM is about and, you know, give us a training session, absolutely come talk to us. You know, we want, we want to have an open door and, you know, we want to help those that we can, but, you know, in order to be on the team, we're a little different than most gyms in the area, Billy, you know, you and I've had these conversations where, you know, we're, we're about commitment. We don't, we don't put you in a contract for the gym, you know, we can kick you out at any time. Um, But in order for you to be on the team, you've got to pass three initiations and nobody else does that. right? Right. There's three initiations you've got to pass that, you know, you can wear our gym's colors and, you know, wear our emblem and compete under our flag. So that's the kind of level of commitment the coach expects, you know, 
don't just come in and waste his time and waste our time. Just come in and train and just want to be better. And we'll welcome you with open arms. And, and I will absolutely plus one that. I mean, every time I've had a problem or had a question, I know I can come in and be like, Hey, this is what's going on. And you or coach or any of the team have always been like, yeah, great. Or, or if you needed a spotter, I could come up there. If I needed you guys to come help me put on gear at a meet, you guys have always been open to the idea of coming down and helping set us and spot yeah, us. Yes, absolutely. And so, so yeah, you guys are you guys are a class act up there, and, and we appreciate it. I mean, that's that's solid. So yeah, so for those that are watching, um, if you're from the surrounding areas in Utah, in, in the Salt Lake area or the Ogden area, what Bountiful, um, you're looking for a good group of people to train with, and you're committed to getting better psm is a great place to kind of look into um and and to get into especially if you want to get stronger and everything and like and then you know if you want good food give tractor a call he'll set you up <laughs> so yeah yeah man i'm always happy to share my love of barbecue so we can very do that cool for sure. very cool i think on that note i i think what we'll do is we'll just kind of sign off and we'll say um well, thank everybody for joining in. Um, if you have any comments or questions for Tractor or anything, we'll leave his contact information in the show notes. Um, feel free to reach out to him about his barbecue. Um, we'll leave. We'll leave the. It's psmbarbell.com, right? For dot net. Dot yeah, net. we're dot net. Yeah. So we'll put that up there. So. Um, the best way to get a hold of the gym is actually just go through our Facebook page. Um, okay. I'm actually uh, one of the admins on that account, so. If you can't get a hold of my information for whatever reason, just shoot us a message on Facebook. It's more than likely me that you'll you'll get. So, just Perfect. PSM Barbell on uh, on Facebook and Instagram. So. Perfect. Yeah, we'll reach out to there and we'll get them set up, um, and we'll put all that there. So, Tractor, thanks so much for jumping on with us and talking shop and powerlifting, and good food and football and laughing about you know schmucks that taco themselves. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. Anytime, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. You guys yep. stay safe. All right. Y'all take care. Take care.